0: Maybe we'll play it three times
1: because <laughs> it's not loud enough. Mm-hmm.
0: I think you can hear it though. It's so bassy. They're very bassy in here. I'm like, I'm like, are yours doing the same thing mine are doing? Because it sounds really like deep. Brought to you by Kirby Medical Center, a CrossFit coach, Jordan Barney and a soccer coach, Dan Berkeybile, bring you their insights into physical fitness, mental preparation, and ways to improve your life. And now, your view from above, the coaching perch.
1: Coach Burke here, Coach B, I think Kim ran away with the Thanksgiving draft. Yeah, I think
0: I had hope for a little bit, and then after about... Ten people commented I was already down by, like, six. I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to happen.
1: I was worried I wasn't even going to get a vote, and then uh, J.K. voted for me. I was more of kind of like – A pity vote. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No, I had, like, ham and mac and cheese. Mine was more of, like, a kid-friendly Thanksgiving, and then so J.K. likes it. So that's funny because she's, like, our youngest member. Yeah, for sure. And then my wife liked it because that's traditionally what we have. Um, Tabitha said she kind of liked it, too. But, uh, yeah, Kim ran away with it. So people like the traditional Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, that was funny. The other thing I thought of, Coach, is maybe we could do, like, a Christmas one. But what would it be? And we, we could do Christmas songs. And if people want to weigh in on this, like, your mm-hmm. favorite. Um, That'd be kind of fun. Or Jess thought of, like. You'll
0: have to get the, the old crew on here that you guys did the Awesome Bad playlist.
1: Okay. The other one was, like, traditional Christmas things that Jess thought of. Like, so you, would, you could pick a movie, and the thing we haven't done is like you have different categories and you draft each category. Mm. So if any ha- anybody has any ideas on this, we could we could do a Christmas draft. But it's, it's fun to do those fun ones every yeah. once in a while. I enjoyed it. So, Coach, we've uh, let's see. Where are we at here? Um, we're getting ready for the open in February. We're I don't want to
0: say getting ready for it, but I am definitely trying to like, get it in people's heads. Like, hey, it is within
1: range now. You know? It's in my mind because I've been getting a little frustrated. Jess took a new job. And she's working remotely, which is fantastic. But we don't have our sitter anymore, which makes it harder for me to get into the gym. Mm -hmm. But it's it's for the family it's working out very well. Jess has been getting in here a little bit, but I haven't really had the time to get in here and I'm getting frustrated. You know, it's like I want to get ready for the open. I wanna be there, but I have to be consistent and so I have to start casting votes and finding ways to get in here, and I'm getting frustrated with that. And then I'm kind of going back to our last podcast of the Thanksgiving Day uh your your hunt near Thanksgiving and it was, you know, like you said, I just want to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's what I have to get back to is not worry about the open and just enjoy coming in yep. and, and working out and trying to eat better. So
0: Yeah, at least it's a good starting spot. You know, and I think the reason why I'm trying to just like drop it in people's minds right now is because if people if some people focus on it now, I think that will set up some people for a really good position in the open, because some are like, "Oh, I need to start thinking about it mm-hmm. now." Thanks for reminding me. Other people are like, "Oh crap, here we go again," you know. And I totally get that. Um, but my intention behind it is just, you know, we we know we build this up for a reason. It's a big deal around our gym, and um, there's a lot of things that can come from it. So I just I just want to like get people a little more excited earlier on. And CrossFit's done a good job in general trying to make it earlier because they're trying to like, okay, like let's put let's put more casts in that vote. Like let's go all the way to the open and. Um, hopefully people get fired up as we get closer.
1: Yeah. But so we can do, I don't know if we're going to do our hot take thing. And this funny story here is when we did the, I hit the buttons for, or when I did those little clips of like song takes, I'm trying to think, I can't think of words here. Yeah. The buttons. I So one of them was hot stepper. And so it's like, I like that. That's really good. But then I looked into the actual lyrics, the meaning behind it. I was like, okay, this is is interesting. Well I don't wanna have like a really bad like meaning. (laughs) So I'm gonna play the song. We'll play it twice here. Okay. Okay. So here it is the first time. So hot stepper is somebody that's very skilled at something. But when you're Jamaican, hot stepper means you're running from the law. Oh. And so we're not running from the law, so it's like <laughs> okay, maybe we shouldn't use this. But then if you notice they'll say they say murderer. It's murderer. They say murderer. And so that will play it again and pick it up. up oh,
0: oh. mm-hmm. Murderer It's like, oh, it's such a catchy song. Uh-huh. Like, it's like you get some, like, like basketball
1: games, you know? Like, that's funny. So <laughs> I was like, okay, probably not the best song to introduce our hot takes. Um, that's hilarious. So I'm still searching for good hot takes songs, but I thought that was funny as my exploring this. So, hot takes. Um, World Cup's going on right now, and of course, there's all sorts of football. And Thanksgiving Day, the Cowboys Raiders game. I have it here. 42 million viewers. It was so good. Such a good game. Oh, I didn't watch it at all? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was so good. So I'll keep going. You can come back to it. Saturday, that weekend, Ohio State, Michigan drew 17 million viewers, which I could care less about those two teams, but uh, whatever. Friday um, was U.S. versus England in, in World Cup soccer. So this drew 15 million view, 15.3 million viewers, the most being in Kansas City. I think the goalkeeper's from Kansas City, so gotcha. um, they support him. So that's really cool. So that is the most watched soccer match in the U.S. in his, in his history. So I guess it was like 1994 to have even that, that much was like 13 million viewers. So my hot take is I think college football is, is getting – it's got a lot of issues. I think it's, it's overrated. And I, we've talked about this already, but the games are lasting four hours – the last time we talked about Illinois football, I think they had been, they just beat Minnesota. They're getting ready to win the Big Ten, and then they dropped three in a row, and mm-hmm. they lost. They're not going to win the division anymore. And we talked about how it was like, this is my tribe, and where were you when we were losing, and then now we're losing again. Like, if you watch— now the bandwagoners are gone. Maybe. Maybe. It's interesting, but they that Michigan game, they lost— like in a final second field goal. Did you watch Mm -hmm. this one?
0: Uh, I just saw the ending, like the highlight.
1: Michigan is down one or two, and they're driving. And there's multiple plays where they get the benefit of the call. And so, you know, I've seen some of the replays. I think Illinois fans do have a beef of, like, they kind of got screwed. I think college football's got a huge problem in the sense the games are lasting this long, the refs aren't getting the right calls, You know, I've heard sports commentators talk about, well, it's like it's hard for a ref to go against Michigan who's one and one and one to make those calls that are going to make them lose the game. It's kind of like the official swallowing the whistle at the end of a basketball game. Like the official doesn't want to be the stamp of the game. Yeah. But they run that pick play on, you know, fourth down where like the receivers like go into the DBs. Yeah. And
0: you have to make it look like that. It's not a pick. You have to play it off like you're, oh, I'm just running by here. And then, yeah.
1: So... I think that's super frustrating with college football, like, and it's like, this is kind of why I stay away, and granted, I'm biased, but like, I think it, that's a huge problem, and you know, like, Michael Jordan, um, there's that shot he makes against a Utah Jazz player, and he almost kind of, like, pushes, is it Russell? Do you no, remember I, this? I. I he, he makes a great jump shot, Yeah. but I do think he kind of pushes off, and it's like, are you the official that's going to make that call against Michael Jordan, who's been great time after time again? Yeah. It Probably is a foul. Like, I'll have to go back and look at it. I heard
0: something. I literally just saw a video video the other day, and it was I think it was not a video, actually, it was a football game. And there was a pass pass interference, and I actually can't remember what game it was. It might have been the Chiefs game. And, uh, And they like a guy threw his arms up, and he's like, What the heck? Like, that was a pass interference. And they were like 10 seconds late, he threw it. And they're like, Even the commentators were like, Sometimes this could be a home, field, a home field advantage thing where you have the crowd behind you and you don't want to be on the other side of that whistle. That's ruining, you know, which again, that's their job is to keep the standards there to make sure nobody is cheating or, but still same thing. It's kind of like, yikes, like it's hard. I, I do not want to be a ref. I never want to be a ref. That is so, such a hard job. I can't even imagine, but I think people
1: that, don't like you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think based on statistics, though, I think uh, NFL is is going to be solid. It's always going to stay solid, yeah. at least for the long term. Yeah. And, but I think football, the real football, you know, European football is trending in the right way. Yeah. And uh, and I think college football's really got some problems.
0: I've kind of noticed that they've just been, at least on the new, on the sports um, channels, they've been really pushing other sports. I've I've kind of noticed that like this the USA the soccer thing is a big deal. Like so like every every commercial break. And they're showing it, and it's like, okay, it gets
1: people to watch because you're kind of like, oh, like I'm kind of curious on this, how this goes. Like, I thought that was really cool. Did you see the the Facebook post I put? Of you, <clears> the <throat> there's a guy with a bunch of USA gear on, and he's got a soccer ball, and he's watching TV. And his wife's like, "You have watched one match, and here you are like the super fan of, <laughs> you know."
0: I didn't see that. We though.
1: talk about you know like growing to be a tribe and liking tribes. So I think it's getting there. People are liking soccer, and maybe this is part of my hot take is. Is the USA England match was nothing, nothing. There's some, there's there were some commentators Bob and Tom, the radio show was you know joking about oh like a zero zero tie like this is horrible, and I've heard some articles compare it to like a one nothing pitcher duel in baseball, and they're like if you understand the sport, you can really appreciate a one to nothing pitching duel. Mm-hmm. So if you appreciate soccer and kind of understand the rules, like a nothing to nothing match can be exciting, and of the three match plays that the U.S. had, I think that was the most exciting was the one against England because you're just on pins and needles because if we score, you know, we win. If they score, they win. And it's just like back and forth. And the buildup of the play is like anything can happen at any given moment. Now, people don't see that in soccer. Like Mm -hmm. they're passing from the back. It doesn't look like they're doing anything. But they're trying to get angles, trying to open things up to suddenly score. So you've got to be ready and watch that. So I think as people start to appreciate European football more they'll they'll appreciate the sport more
0: yeah and I feel like it's to me it's kind of like baseball and this is not to knock baseball at all I mean it's just to me it's so like it's very boring and, and then next thing you know it's that one big play just just spikes your adrenaline You're like oh my gosh that was awesome I think soccer is very similar right it's it there is a lot of like kind of a level play where it's just kind of the game and like this and then Oh, now there's shots on the goal. Like, now it gets a little spicy. And then somebody scores and it's insane because it, it might have taken five shots to get it. And it, you know, so I feel like it's just one of those sports. I'm, I'm with you on a, appreciating the sport for itself. You can't compare football, American football, to European football and say these are the same sports. Like, you can't, you have to watch them differently. Because yeah. NFL, it's like, yeah, every play, every single play could be something huge. And you just, and I guess that's kind of like baseball too. Um, but I, I know my personal preference, like, I can't sit and watch baseball. I can sit and watch football. Like, so just kind of interesting, but.
1: So Jess and I are going to her work party in Minnesota this weekend. Soccer's decently good, or people like soccer in Minnesota, so there's um, an MLS team up there, and so they have a stadium. So what we're going to try to do is go to the stadium and watch the U.S. men's national team play there's kind of like a brew house cause it's going to be like eight degrees in gotcha. Minnesota. Um, yeah. so to be outside, you know, I would do it, you know, you, you, you want to be with your tribe, <laughs> yeah. you know? So we've got our USA gear. We're, we're ready to go. So I'll take pictures. That's um, really cool. so we're going to go. It's, it's like a 8am match though. Like it's like on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Cause it's in Europe or it's in the middle East. So it's like, it's on their time zone. So it's like, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but whatever. Yeah. That'll be fun though. So yeah. Um, the other thing it's not necessarily a hot take on my end, but, in the news right now locally is the Monticello High School I was gonna ask you is going to – they're going to get turf. The idea is, is baseball and softball will get turf, soccer is going to get turf, and the football field will get turf. What I like about it is it raises the temperature 10 degrees. And Do you remember at the CrossFit games when they had the turf there and they did the handstand competition? Mm-hmm. And those people their burnt their hands. Their hands. Because it was already smoking hot out, and then you put your hands on that turf. Like, they, they had, like, blisters on their hands. Like, it was a horrible idea to do that in, in hindsight. But but the, the thing with the spring sports is they start March 1 here in Illinois, and you've got snow on the ground. So here is girls soccer, softball, and baseball. They're trying to get going, and there's snow on the ground. Like, these aren't sports you play in the snow. So racing – Ten degrees makes a big difference, mm-hmm. and you know it's the difference between a practice in a gym and a practice outside. And you can maybe get games in earlier, you know, because they're canceling games left and right the first two weeks. Yeah. So I think that's maybe the biggest uh, bang for the buck is is for those spring sports. Doesn't soccer uh, get a press box and stuff too? <clears throat> so they're going to put inside the track is is going to be turf, and already there is some bleachers and uh, maybe a small press box for for band and for. For track it's not it's not anything to write home about but so the idea was is there's already a lot of in- infrastructure there there's already lights so if we turn that into a soccer field on the inside I immediately have lights they're going to make a nice press box for both girls soccer boys soccer and track so you get a you know big bang for your buck there yeah it was a compromise for me because it makes for a smaller field a smaller pitch and it's going to be faster because it's surf. that that can be very difficult to play on um and you're juxtaposing this with my big grass field, it's max width, max max depth. So it's 120 yards long, 80 wide. So other teams show up to our grass field and they're like, oh my gosh, this is huge. Even the officials are like, oh my gosh, I've got to run this. (laughs) And that's kind of what I prided myself on is this is why we do CrossFit. Like we're fit and we can run teams and, and we're athletic. And so that plays to a huge home field advantage. Now, you're going to take that and you're going to flip it and now it's a fast field with turf and smaller and smaller so i've got to balance this correctly i'm excited i get night games you know we can turn on the lights and and get more fans there for sure so this plays into what i'm going to get into here shortly but people are kind of going nuts of like oh my tax dollars are going to this like why don't you lower my taxes instead you know We've got a perfectly good grass field. Why are we doing this? And yeah. somebody's saying, well, there's more concussions on turf.
0: And I have heard uh, not just concussions, but also even like NFLs. a lot of NFL players have been posting about that. They're like a lot of like ACL injuries, and they're saying turf, it does not, you can't get a good grip sometimes, and it could cause that knee, the foot to slip out.
1: So there is concern. But I figured you'd have something on that. But yeah. So here you have Coach Welter, who's won state football at high school. And if he didn't want turf, he would have told the AD, I don't want turf, I want grass. Mm -hmm. So he, in my mind, he obviously wants turf. I haven't talked to him about it. So here the community is telling their their all-state football coach, you're doing this wrong. And I'm like, okay, like uh, maybe you don't have all the information here. Now I think there is something to what you're saying, um, but I heard like they tore up their practice field like so much that you're playing in dirt and mud. You're not even playing on grass. So to have a good playing surface that's better than that i think turf holds up yeah. you know obviously so most practice fields i feel like especially in football are just
0: just horrible i mean you just destroy them and then there's potholes everywhere and next thing you know like there's another torn you know, you can't prevent all those injuries you know i think the the longevity of turf is pretty good you know so that's a that's a high inside a really good thing so there's
1: there's gonna be a negative about it everything so So the book I'm reading right now is it looks very unimpressive by the cover. It says how we learn to move. And I think one of the soccer people I follow on Twitter recommended this. And he sets this book up. Um, There's this Russian that was studying how to be more efficient with sports and movement. So he took a guy, a blacksmith that's, that's hammering down, you know, with a hot anvil or I don't know the terms, but he's hammering away, hammering away. And so here he is tracking the movements of this anvil and he says an experienced blacksmith is always hitting the same exact spot or his target every time but as he's doing this he notices the swing path is not always quite the same but he's still landing exactly where he needs to and then you take an inexperienced blacksmith and they're not always hitting the target they're they're kind of all over the place But he still notices that slight variance of the swing of the blacksmith. It's not the same over and over again. And so they kind of set up the first third of this book, because I'm only the third of the way through, is you have to allow and be good at variance, and you have to be able to adapt. And no two repetitions are ever the same. And so he kind of hints at, like, taking baseball's off the tee is not necessarily the most effective thing or it's, it's a waste of time even I mean I Albert Pujols I think was I don't want to say notorious he was famous for he did tons and tons of tee work and he's you know one of the greatest hitters of all time so I think you have to balance this but he's really saying you've got to introduce variables that make people adapt and I'm like mm-hmm. this is CrossFit this is beautiful yeah I love it and so you know he talks about and this is really interesting right now with the World Cup, is the European teams are not doing very well. Um, historically, they've been some of the best. They spend the most amount of money. They're the biggest fans. You have the EPL, the Euro- Euro- uh, English Premier League. Um, you know, they're, they're huge into soccer. Well, England, nothing-nothing tied with the U.S., was considered a loss for England. Like They expected to beat the U.S. Mm-hmm. Germany lost to Japan they didn 't even make it out of the the group stages and Germany won what eight years ago, so um, these teams that historically have done well in, in Europe are not doing as well and Some of the theory behind that is in in Europe they take a nine year old and they put them in the club program and in Holland they stay in that they stay with that group the entire time, which is awesome like i 'd love to have a a team of like you know 9 year olds that have stayed together for yeah. 7 years and then I'm here I am coaching the senior they'd be awesome because they know exactly where people are moving yep. like there there is some legitimacy to that but it is so structured in Europe this is how it is you go to this club program you learn under a coach it's very very structured and so there's getting some pushback against that because your Argentina is so good Brazil has always been so good and this book talks about Brazil plays, they call it paleta, um, which is nude in Brazil. So it's nude soccer, paleta soccer. And so they play in the sand. There's no, there's no fences. There's no lines. They just go out and they take a soccer ball, and they street play. ball. Yeah. And so that, that is variance to the 10th mm-hmm. degree mm-hmm. and they can adapt, they can adjust. And so he talks about, you know, no two reps are ever the same. So it's like CrossFit as you do one rep, like you have a lot in you, but you take a little out, you take a little out, you get taxed. And so each rep. Use today's workout as a good example. Oh, for sure. You did it. So today we did, uh, you only had to do one uh, squat clean and it was a heavy weight, but you were just doing one, but it was enough to like, it was so heavy. It just took a lot out of you just Mm -hmm. to do one. And so Wes and I did 21 rounds. So we ended up doing 21 squat cleans. But yeah, by the end of it, it's like so hard, it's so taxing. That twenty-first lift was way different than the first, and and so I love this. Like I'm not even done with it yet. Yeah, it's really cool. But it's just validating CrossFit, and, and that's why we want to throw at all these variances at you, mm-hmm. and you're good at everything is the idea.
0: Yeah, I think it, it kind of goes with that concept of the the like exp- um, expanding the margins of your experience. So the more the more variables that you've um, been experienced, or experienced, the better, the well-rounded you're going to be, and I think that's a great... Con- I love your your idea of the soccer team that played on the field, like, like street ball. Like, that is such a cool, like, you have these kids that are a pe- team that's like not really, like, structured as much, but they end up winning that game because they're just so used to, like, being kind of, like, out of the normal, and I think that's a really cool thing, and I don't I don't want to, like, make this too obvious. I mean, obviously, we know CrossFit is constantly varied, but it's the same concept of when we do Murph, you know, I kind of took, I kind of took out Murph prep. You know, I, I did believe in that a while and I thought, I know people enjoyed that, but I I think kind of goes back to like our responsibility of what's going to set them up for the best success variants. Like they need to, they need to do strict pull-ups. They need to do um, chest bar pull-ups. They don't need to just do push-ups, pull-ups, and air squats to prepare for one workout. Like that's just not how this works. Um, That's just a really cool concept. I like that.
1: And he talks about You get prone to injury, too, when you're doing the same movement over and over and over again. And it's like, yes, that's so good. So bring this back to the turf. Turf is the perfectly manicured field. The ball is going to roll the same way every time. Mm -hmm. It's taking out variance, which is – I like that in a sense if you're a skilled team, when you can reduce the variance against a bad team, you know, a bad bounce, whatnot – you can really control the match. Like, so that's what I'm gonna end up doing is I'm gonna game it a little bit. When we have more skill than the team, I'm gonna put them on turf and really expose them. But if it's a team that maybe we don't have as much uh, talent, let's put them on the big grass field. Let's use our athleticism and let's maybe try to create some bad bounces. But I have to train my soccer team for variance. Mm-hmm. I can't do this over and over again. So why it's so exciting to get turf, I told the AD, I'm like, I wanna keep my big grass field. We're not just gonna get rid of this. And so we're going to have to practice on turf. We're going to have to practice on grass. We need to practice on short grass, long grass. And it's like I told, told some of my friends, I'm like, if we had sand around here, we'd go play soccer on the beach. Like yeah,
0: you would do that.
1: And it's <laughs> so, you know, why it's, it's great. And I've got this another tool on my belt. I have to use it correctly as a coach. And, and so that's like in the forefront of my mind. This is awesome. And yeah. this is great. And this is going to be good for more fans, good for the program. But I have to utilize it as a coach to the max degree, and and that's yeah. holding me back a little bit.
0: I feel like it's one of those things where it's like you get turf, and you don't want to be looked at as like, oh, they're the high class kind of like, like preppy teams because they have all this nice stuff. It's like no, you still want to be able to like get down and dirty, and like make sure it play, make sure it happens and play the game,
1: and like that's you know you want to keep those kind of things. Absolutely. There's some people that are saying we're just trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know, because a lot of the other schools are. And interesting enough, like. I think people are, and I've heard this, they're moving out of Champaign-Urbana um, because there's been an increase in crime, yeah. schools have been tough, um, so if you move out of Champaign-Urbana, you're going to start shop. Do you want to go to St. Joe? Do you want to go to Tolono? And, and what, what do their athletics look like? What do their academics look like? And this is kind of a step in saying, we, have, we already have the academics, now our athletics, which have been good. Like, I have Pretty a great good, yeah. soccer program. Mm-hmm. My soccer program is better than Tolono's, way better than Tolono's. Tor- it's horrible there. Uh <laughs> St. Joe is kinda up and down here and there. Um so it's like I can make a sell, like I can't recruit, but you know, like these private schools but we're getting there. And like you know I love those coaches this.
0: from other places. They they listen to our podcast. Yes, I don't yeah. know if you knew that. Yeah. They're just gonna clip this out and play it over and over and
1: <laughs> Well, they got it tough in Tolono because their football team's so good that gotcha. you know, yeah. yeah. Um he's a nice guy, but yeah. Um That's funny. You know, we've we've done well like yeah, conference wise in the local areas. So I get that. You know, it's it's to me. You have to when you go to regionals, you go to sectionals. You're starting to play on turf as you go further and further. Mm-hmm. So when I have zero ability to practice on turf and we haven't been exposed to it, it makes it that much harder further down. Yeah. So adding that, having that ability to add this variance earlier now, I think does me wonders. So um, I, we better end it there. So I just, as coaches, we got to keep this stuff in mind. So I love this book, and uh, maybe we'll hit on it more as I get through it. Yeah, definitely.